Hey guys, it's Simi and this is Brussling Unlimited as it's Monday and we're here to talk about Monday Night Raw. Now, despite the crowd kind of sitting on their hands for most of the show, I thought this was overall a pretty good episode of Monday Night Raw as far as building things up and the stories we got tonight. I loved everything they did with the bloodline. We built up two title matches for the first Raw of the year. So again, other than the crowd kind of just not caring about anything, I liked tonight's episode of Raw. Luke, you're on this side. What'd you think? Honestly, the crowd did feel pretty dead tonight until like towards the end. I thought Raw was that was a very interesting show. They did a good job of building towards stuff like going forward. They did a good job with that. First, I was kind of like confused by the whole bloodline thing with attacking everybody but oh we'll talk about that yeah but i will say they did a good job of building towards stuff yes but yeah like crowd just felt dead tonight they just and didn't care no offense, no offense to anybody in the chat who was at roll tonight but the crowd just felt dead there's two things I want to talk about right off the jump before we even get into anything. First one has to do with the bloodline. Like, how they use the bloodline tonight is how they should always be using the bloodline. I loved the way the bloodline were NWO-like, just jumping people backstage, just coming down to the ring whenever they wanted, doing whatever they want. I liked that. But it's hard to like that at the same time. When we know that there's like five different versions of the bloodline, they're used very seriously like they were this past SmackDown. Then there's times where they're kind of goofy. Then there's times where they're badasses like they are tonight. It's very inconsistent on what the bloodline are. It's like one night they want to be badass heels. Then another night they want to be serious kind of in-betweeners. And then other times they're just goofy baby faces. Pick one. I love the bloodline, but we got to pick a direction kind of. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but the bloodline should always be just badasses who think they run everything and can beat up anybody. That's what the bloodline should be. That's how they've kind of been. That's how they were tonight. But it's just the way they're used a lot of times seems inconsistent, if I'm thinking correctly. Definitely agree with you. The comedy part is coming from Sami Zayn. True. But I guess when, like, Sami wasn't around, they were used, like, very seriously. Right. Now, the other thing I wanted to talk about is next week's Monday Night Raw. It's the best of, or as they call the absolute best of 2022. Why do we need a best of show if both the Raw and SmackDown brands are running live events next week? Why couldn't you turn one of those, like the Raw-branded show in Columbus, Ohio, into a live episode of Raw? Why do we got to have two live events instead of a live episode of Raw? I mean, it gives us the night off. We ain't going to review the best of show, but... It's just, I'm kind of dumbfounded with no response and no answer as to why have the Raw brand run a live event, non-televised, instead of doing an actual episode of Raw. And before I see the comments or the questions in the chat or the whatever, they couldn't have done two episodes tonight. So last week on Friday, they filmed two episodes of SmackDown because they're not working at all this this Friday. They couldn't have done that this week because that would have made it an eight- our show, you go one hour of main event, three hours of Raw. So that's four hours right there. Then you do another hour of main event, 
three more hours of Raw, making it four hours, even if you cut out one of those main events, that's still a seven-hour show you're asking this crowd that didn't care anyways to sit through. So that's why they never do double tapings of Raw, but we never get non-episodes of Raw. Like, and maybe I'm just not thinking, do they always do the last Raw as the best of? I know NXT a lot of times run runs the best of with NXT awards for the last episode, but I can't remember the last time Raw did a best of. No one year, like, I wouldn't say like they had to cancel like a live episode of Raw because I know the weather was pretty bad. That's when JBL, get all the- yeah, that's when JBL was in the snowstorm on the top of freaking Titan Towers. Mm-hmm. They still filmed something. But it's just, what they did was they go for it. They basically just like reviewed like matches of mm-hmm. like Royal Rumble because Royal Rumble yeah. was like that past weekend, right? But I'm it's just I'm baffled. Why are they doing a best of? You would think the first the thing you would think is oh they're giving them the night off after Christmas. No, both brands are working. Raw crew in Columbus, SmackDown crew doing the. Traditional December 26th, the MSG show. So, yeah. And uh, Johnson740 in the Twitch chat says, I thought Bronson was in Japan. We all did. They duped us. They got us for a teaser. or not a teaser, but they shocked us all with Bronson Reed coming back. Fightful had the scoop about an hour before it happened, but, yeah, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see Bronson Reed returning. Like, the rumor had been around, Dave Meltzer said it, like, three weeks ago, that Triple H wanted him back. They made him an offer, and he had a decision to make. WWE or New Japan. Go to WWE and work for Triple H, who you think will push you well, or stay in New Japan, who you know has been pushing you well. And he picked go back to WWE. I don't know what his motivating factor was to choose WWE. Not my call to... uh, Assume what it could have been, but hey, he's great. I love Bronson Reed, Jonah, whatever you want to call him. He's back in WWE on Monday Night Raw. I just hope him being with The Miz as his heavy doesn't last too long because I love him on his own. I will say, though, when I first saw him in NXT, I didn't really care for him that much, but he grew on me. Right. really did grow on me in NXT. But, I mean, this is the same guy that Vince was like, Gave him a look on the main roster and said, nope, I'll never call him up, so why keep him? Like, really? Come on. But with that, we got a lot to talk about as far as tonight's Raw goes. But before, I want to say thank you if you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, or if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you either have Amazon Prime or have access to somebody's Amazon Prime account, I got to itch that I barely can't reach. Man, this is pissing me off. If you have access to Amazon Prime, well, then maybe you can buy a back scratcher that you can reach, spot on your back that your arm can't, or you can link it to your Twitch account 
and subscribe right here for no extra cost because linking your Twitch and your Amazon gives you Prime Gaming. And Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But on the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out over there as well at becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access non-news videos, access to all of our graphics packages, and so much more. Started work on the Royal Rumble ones today. I'm trying to do something different looking than the normal kind of graphics. I'm trying some stuff out. Hopefully it works right because it wasn't what I tried earlier. So we got time. We got time to make them looking good. But you can get all of that and more also by heading over to patreon.com forward slash PW Unlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store. Buy something. Whether you're buying the Game of the Year, Elden Ring. Whether you're buying a 2018 Game of the Year nominee like Spider-Man. Or you're claiming one of the free games. One of the free games is them, uh, what was it? It's like a My Little Pony meets Street Fighter game that's free right now for a couple more hours. Um, it is called, this game looks crazy. I might stream it tonight just to see because it is called, oh, why won't it load? Them's Fighting Herd. It's basically like ponies and unicorns and goats and dragons and stuff all fighting each other in like a Street Fighter style thing. But that game's only free for 11 more hours. Go claim that and put in the code PWUnlimited when doing so. And then in 11 hours, when a new free game comes up on the Epic Game Store, put this code in again when you're going to claim whatever that new free game is. It's a mystery. They're not telling us like they normally do because it's Christmas time. Use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases like getting into Fortnite. Season 4 just started. You got to buy someone V-Bucks for Christmas? Go through the Epic Game Store and use our code to support. But with that, we've got Monday Night Raw to talk about. Let's get this off the screen. Do, 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 do. I still didn't get this dang itch. But as far as Raw does go, Raw did kick off the shot of Paul Heyman, of all people. Shot of Paul Heyman. Uh, ooh, why won't the poll go? I tried to do the poll. Now the poll won't go. What the heck? Uh, let's just do that. Okay. That was weird. Paul wouldn't go for some reason. As far as the show does go, kicked off with Paul Heyman. Shot of him holding the WWE Universal Championship belts. Heyman introduced himself before the cameras panned out to reveal Roman Reigns was there too. The crowd cheered. Reigns realized Raw, the home of Kevin Owens, who was trying to tear down his island. But not only Owens... Got himself John Cena to help. Reigns warned that Owens would need more than just Cena. He'd need the entire Raw locker room. Reigns was going to return the favor and show Owens what he had at his disposal. Then, everyone would acknowledge the bloodline. So, we think Roman's there. He's not really there. Elsewhere, the Usos held up a camera to show that Sami Zayn and Sol Sokoa were attacking Mustafa Ali and some other people I didn't know who they were. They said that there was more to be done, and they went on their way. So this is an awesome open to the show. I really liked this whole gang mentality thing, and like we talked about earlier, give me more of this with the bloodline. This was freaking awesome. 
like these kind of opens. Yeah. For like wrestling shows. I like how they open up with like like a message and like someone's just getting beaten up. But I also liked how they made you think Roman was there. So they gave the live crowd false hope. And then he wasn't there. So first match we get was the Street Profits against Finn Balor and Damian Priest of Judgment Day. Tazawa was out there with the Street Profits. Got to note that because it comes in play. And Rhea Ripley and Dominic again with Judgment Day. So this match is going, and we'll get into talking about the match. But there's one part that all of a sudden they cut to picture in picture during the match. And you see the bloodline attacking Andre Chase and somebody else. You finally realize that somebody else is Elias. They take Elias's guitar, hand it over to Solo. Solo busts it over Elias's back. And then we go back to the match where Corey Gibb goes, that was Andre Chase of NXT. He was here tonight working a match on main event. And I was like, okay, we knew that, but okay, cool. I like that. They actually acknowledged why Andre Chase was there, and it wasn't like a, god damn. It wasn't like a, hey, that's Andre Chase from NXT. What the hell was he doing here? We don't know. As far as the match does go, tag match, Balor dropkicked Montez Ford and was about to go up to the top for his finish early on. Got distracted. Got distracted by Tazawa. And he was getting comfortable with Ripley and then Dominic on the outside. They were kind of going at it a little bit. Until Tozawa at one point threw his drink, or the Street Profits drink. I don't know whose drink it actually was. In, well, at Rhea Ripley, she moves. Dominic takes it to the face. They tell us that Dominic's eyes are still messed up from the mist last week. That Asuka blew in his face. And I'm like, really? Because Rhea took that mist in War Games and was fine by Raw. So what? Anyways, the distraction here does, well, cost the Judgment Day the match. Ford rolls up Finn Balor from the distraction and pins him one, two, three. Honestly, not much really, I felt like, happened during this match. And a lot of stuff overshadowed the action in the match. Hence, the stuff with the bloodline and the stuff on the outside with Tazawa and stuff. Do you want to say thank you to Esports Gaming 316 on Twitch for the resubscribe at eight months. Thank you for your subscription. But yeah, the match itself kind of was just, I felt overshadowed by too many, uh, too many other things going on. What do you think? Uh, I kind of agree with you. I was, I was honestly more focused on like the bloodline stuff in this mm-hmm. match. Exactly. And like, they were kind of like focusing too much on like stuff going like outside the ring with like Tazawa, Ripley, and Dominic. Right. I feel like. So after the match, blood or not bloodline, uh, the Street Profits and Tazawa are at the top of the ramp and they're like, yeah, we won, we won. And all of a sudden, Rhea Ripley walks up and she smacks Tazawa, falls right on his butt. She then looks at him and goes, you, me, in that ring right now, let's go. And Tazawa's like, what? Me? Me? And Street Profits are like, hey, it's up to you if you want to do it. You can go in there and do it. What, what do you think? You want to do it? You want to fight her? They go to commercial. Come back, and they're still contemplating it in the aisle. Street Profits are like, hey, if you're going to do it, you need to make a decision. We need to go now. Pick a pick, and Tazawa runs into the ring. And we literally get a five-minute match, Rhea Ripley versus Tazawa. But right off the bat, Tazawa goes to punch Rhea, and then he pulls back. And he's like, 
well, should I do it? And Corey Graves has a line like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because it's like, Rhea made the challenge, so fight her. But at the same time, you really want to hit a girl? You want to hit a woman? There was some hesitation, and she took the advantage of the hesitation with a running big boot and got a two off of it. Shizawa did try a vertical suplex, and Ripley reversed it into one of her own. She got another two. There was a rough sequence that seemed a little mistimed. There was a bunch of counters, and Tazawa finally managed to bring Ripley down with a Hurricane Rana. Tazawa then set up for his suicide dive, but he was tripped by Balor. So the Street Profits took Balor and Priest down with stereo dives right onto the announce table. Like, they got crashed right into the announce table. Tazawa then dodged a charge from Ripley into the corner. She went shoulder first into the post. Tazawa then knocked Dom off the apron and went to the top for his diving senton. Ripley moved, hit him with the riptide, and pinned him one, two, three to pick up the victory. Rhea Ripley defeats Akira Tazawa. I thought this was all right. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it was all right. It was mainly just Tazawa just dodging Rhea because he didn't yeah. want to hit her. That was funny when, like, the Street Profits, they were actually, like, next to Tazawa. It's like, you gonna let her do that to you? Right. You gonna let her do that to you? I, was, I just I thought that was hilarious. I just like that they're still contemplating it after the break. And they're like, all right, you need to make a decision. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> but overall, I thought it was actually really good. So as we move forward, Adam Pierce seemed like, well, he was leaving a voicemail for Paul Heyman when Kathy Kelly would walk up and wanted to know what's going on with the bloodline. And then he's like, well, first I got an update on Bobby Lashley. Pierce wanted to keep their matter private. And was like, we met. And I assure you, Lashley will be back soon. That's all I could say at this moment. MVP would approach and said that he wanted to have a word with Pierce about Bobby Lashley. Oh, please. Oh, please give me the hurt business back. Hurt business versus the bloodline. We haven't got it yet. We should get it. Come on. Even if you're adding Omos, I don't care. I just want Hurt Business back. Anyways, so he goes, he's like, I want to talk to you about Bobby Lashley and this and that. And then an official runs up and he's like, hey, something's going on. I need you. I need you. I need you. Pierce runs off. Kathy Kelly follows and they all take off. And MVP stand. They're like, hey, I thought we were going to talk. So after a break, Dolph Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander were all down and being checked on by officials while Pierce was still on the phone. So, I mean, all hopes for the for the Hurt Business coming back. They ain't going to let... Well, mm-hmm. I would say that they wouldn't let the Bloodline beat up Shelton and Cedric if they're trying to bring back the Hurt Business. But maybe that's a motivating factor for Shelton and Cedric to rejoin the Bloodline? To go against the... I don't know. But... Kathy Kelly couldn't get a comment from Adam Pierce, so she asked Ziggler what happened, and he said, the bloodline happened. Cool. There's more of this to come. We'll say, though, like, it was looking like for a while they were having, like, Triple H as, like, main, like, GM type of guy. Uh, and they just, like, he, they kind of just, like, went back to Adam Pierce. So I was like, all right, who who's, like, the main, like, stage guys yeah because triple h or adam pierce i think triple h's whole thing is he's gonna pop up when adam pierce can't get control because he's only done it like two three times max 
So maybe that's the thing. If Adam Pierce can't get control, then you need old Paul to come out and fix things. But I don't know. Next up, we had another tag match. It was... My dot went off. Okay. It was Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. Give me one second. It was Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows against the Alpha Academy. So this match is pretty good. The OC was working over Chad Gable early, and the crowd was chanting a lot, we want Otis. Like, they were into Otis. They wanted Otis here in Des Moines, Iowa. They kept chanting, we want Otis, we want Otis. Otis finally tagged in, and the crowd actually cheered, but the OC cleared the ring of Otis and Gable ahead of a commercial break. Uh, Chad Gable worked over Anderson after the break until Gallows tagged in, but Otis made a blind tag and leveled Gallows with a discus clothesline. Alpha Academy hit a double-team move on Gallows, but Anderson broke up the pin. Gable then went for the moonsault, but Gallows avoided it, and the OC gave him the magic killer and picked up the victory. So there we go. OC beats the Alpha Academy. Then afterwards, the OC get jumped by the bloodline. AJ, Gallows, and Anderson all get taken down. Yeah, I mean, maybe we see Usos versus good brothers in the future. I wouldn't be against it at all. Need, you give, they need opponents. So. Right. And Corey Graves kept saying tonight, you know, the tag team divisions, they're looking really good on both Raw and SmackDown. They're flourishing more than ever. So they're teasing that there's new teams here for the for the Usos. So the Usos and Sami Zayn were in the ring after the commercial break. Adam Pierce came out. He was with security guards, Shane Helms, Kenny Dextra, and so forth. Jimmy Uso said they run this business. And Zayn didn't know what Pierce's problem was because the fans certainly didn't have a problem with what they were doing tonight, and then the crowd cheered. Zayn said the night was nothing compared to what they will be doing on the 30th to Kevin Owens and John Cena. Pierce was about to send security into the ring, but Jay said, not to worry, we're done. Jay led the crowd in the catchphrase of, we the twos, you the one, and then the bloodline left, and Styles decked Zayn, and then officials separated them. More of that coming up. So then we got an interesting segment. Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair. They're, well, first off, they showed a replay of Alexa and Bailey from last week. And Alexa um, kind of almost doing the Sister Abigail to Bianca. Then we come back and AJ is yelling at Adam Pierce, And he's like, hey, hey, don't let them leave. I want Sammy Uso. I want Sammy in a match tonight. Can I have it? And he's like, Sure, you got Sammy Uso. Let's do it. Match is official. So AJ Styles versus Sammy Zayn set for later in the night. Then we go to a backstage segment. It's like a, a little sit-down thing moderated by Byron Saxton, but Byron really didn't say anything. So it was Alexa and Bianca. And Saxton first asked Bliss to comment on what happened last week and why she did what she did to Bianca. And she's like, I honestly don't know. I don't have any recollection of, of that happening at all. And Bianca's like, come on, Alexa. You can't tell me that you don't know what happened and why you did that. Alexa would then go on to say, you know, a few years ago, I was abducted by, by Bray Wyatt. And he, he played some mind tricks on me. And then he just all up abandoned me. And I felt lost. And I went through therapy to try and get help. But it didn't really help. And I do appreciate the friendship that I have with you and Asuka. And it showed me that I am more than I thought I was. 
But now I know that my eyes need to be set on even more, and it's that Raw Women's Championship. And Bianca's still sitting there going, come on, girl. Come on. You, you can't tell me that you have no recollection. That it just happened? No. No. That ain't, that ain't a thing. And Bliss is like, she's like, I know what you are. I know if you've been. I know Bray Wyatt is and what he's been. And she's like, excuse me. Bliss is like, don't make this about Bray. This isn't about Bray. This is about me. Challenging you for that championship. Bliss said that she's winning the title. She's taking it from Bianca Belair. Belair goes to stand up to leave. Turns around and Alexa Bliss just boom. Cracks her with a vase right across the back of the head. Byron Saxton goes to check on her. And we see the Lily doll peek out from behind the chair. They then announce January 2nd. The first episode of Monday Night Raw of 2023. Bliss. Belair. Raw Woman's title. So, cool. Don't know if I like the idea of Alexa Bliss going back to Bray Wyatt. Me neither. Nope. Unless they, like, try to do something where, like, Bray's trying to, like, bring her back. And, she, and like, she says, no, I'm going to, like, fight her or something. Well, I, I don't even like the whole... Oh, I, I don't know what happened. I don't have any recollection of it. Eh, I don't really like that. But then also this Alexa Bliss we've had recently has kind of just been like she hasn't stood out. She just seemed like another girl on the roster. So maybe I was hoping they'd go back to like the goddess version of Alexa Bliss where she just thought she was better than everybody. But I guess this Alexa Bliss is she's, quote, finding herself again. But she's still got some of that messed up shit in her head, I guess you can say. A kind of 50-50-ish on the character. I'm not a super big fan of it and what they're doing with her. I, li- I like God, it's Alexa Bliss, though. Same. I got a question for you. If I asked you how long you thought that match with The Miz and Dexter Loomis went, how long do you think it went? Uh, Like 15 minutes. 19 minutes and 40 seconds. It did not need to go that long at all. At all. I would have thought it was longer. Nope. 19 minutes and 40 freaking seconds. Originally, I thought going into the match, I thought it was just going to be like a five-minute match. And like Dexter was going to get the money. I thought 10 minutes tops with The Miz running away and then Dexter would like knock him out. And then at the last second, Miz would get up and push him. And then eventually, De- yeah. I thought it was going to be a lot of cat and mouse stuff. But no, this actually was way more like, what's the word I'm looking for? This match was way more even than I thought it was going to be. Like, as far as The Miz and Dexter getting offense on each other, which shocked me a lot. Early on, Loomis gave Miz a superflex off the ladder. Loomis then dropped the ladder towards a fallen Miz, and it just barely, barely missed hitting him in the balls as he's sitting in the corner. That was the whole joke. That... He drops to the ladder right in front of Miz, but Miz has got small balls, so it didn't hit him. Miz was relieved, but Loomis dropped kicked the ladder into his ball sack anyways. They battled for position on top of the ladder before it toppled over, and they crashed on the top rope. They were back on the ladder after a commercial break where Loomis shoved off the Miz, and Miz pushed the ladder over, and Loomis crashed onto the top rope. Miz tried grabbing the money, but Loomis yanked him down and put him in a sleeper hole. Miz countered out of it and gave him a neckbreaker on the apron. Miz then placed Loomis between the ladders on the outside and dropped a bunch of chairs and more ladders on top of Loomis. Crowd starts chanting, we want tables. We want tables. And Miz is like, 
what? What? And they're like, we want tables. So he throws up the ring skirt, pulls out a table halfway, looks around like, I got your tape. Nope. Puts it right back in. The easiest fucking heel heat you can get. So crowd starts booing the Miz. Miz then knocks out Johnny Gargano, hits him with a ladder. Loomis then apparently just jumps up out of nowhere. He's like, and he takes the Miz and he slams him on top of a ladder. He then takes the Miz and puts him on top of the announce table, climbs up of a ladder, jumps off with a leg drop. Miz moves at the last second. Dexter Loomis crashes through the table. We're supposed to think he's dead. So Miz has got a messed up leg or ankle or something at this point. So he's hobbling over to the ring. He gets in the ring, sets up a ladder, climbs up the ladder, but Loomis all of a sudden runs in, grabs the Miz, and throws him off. Loomis is all about to grab the, the bags of money when he stopped. And he stopped by returning Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed slams him down, jumps to the top rope, hits his tsunami splash, and then assists Miz in climbing up the ladder and grabbing the money. Miz does pick up the victory again. This match went 19 minutes and 40 seconds. Now, there was the rumor before Raw that Something big was going to happen during this match. There might be a return. And so I thought, you know, ooh, John Morrison, bring back Johnny. No, no. That would have been the smart move here with The Miz. But no, brought back Bronson Reed to help out The Miz. Like, what kind of, what? That's just, I don't know where they're going with this. I kind of thought it could have been maybe Indy Hartwell helping out Dexter. I thought we might see that as well. Because at first I saw a report from Fightful that said someone is going to interfere in the ladder match. Then John Rossap updated his deal on Twitter and was like, WWE may not be done with returns. So when I read the first one, I thought like you, Indy. Then when I read return, I go, oh, John Morrison. Oh, John. Bronson Reed was the farthest thing from my mind. The farthest thing from my mind. This is this is what I kind of fear right now. I just hope that you just don't use Bronson Reed as like it's just like a guy with the Miz. Yeah. I hope they don't go that route because like if that's the route they're going, I'm I'm just gonna like Ugh. like yeah. Bronson Reed gave up New Japan to be like a guy with the Miz. I mean, unless there's a bigger story that Triple H pitched to him, I don't know because it's like. Miz can't go long without a, a bodyguard or a lackey or whatever anyways. I mean, he, it was him and Morrison. Then it was him and Alex Riley. Then it was him and Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Then he got Morrison back, and now he's got Bronson Reed. So Miz has always got to have somebody. He even at one point had Damian Sandow. It was Miz Dow. So it's like Miz has always got to have somebody by his side. And I guess this is somebody else. So... We'll see where it goes. I mean, I'll give it a couple of weeks. I actually thought of something. Like, what if Miz, like, promised Bronson Reed some of the money? Didn't give him? Oh, no. It to him? They can't do it again. And then they're, then, they're, then Bronson Reed's just going to be at Miz and give get his money and then give Dexter his money back. They can't do the same story again, can they? I mean, it's WWE. They can do anything they want, but fuck. It's... Just a thought. I don't, right. I don't know if we'll do it. <clears throat> so next up, 
But a great match. Sami Zayn and AJ Styles match went 12 minutes and 54 seconds. Styles was all alone because Gallows and Anderson were apparently being checked out backstage in the trainer's room. Styles beat up Zayn early on for quite a few minutes before Zayn finally uh, tripped him off the ropes. Styles hit a rack bomb and followed it up with a two before commercial break. Styles then blo or Zane blocked a calf. Uh, nope, Zane blocked a Styles clash before hitting a big boot and an awesome brainbuster for a two. Styles hit a series of strikes and absorbed a boot by Zane to hit a Pele kick of his own. Zane then countered a reverse DDT and suplexed uh, Styles into the turnbuckle. Styles then blocked a Haluva kick attempt and applied a calf crusher, but Zane got to the ropes to break the hold. Then out would come Solo Sokoa through the crowd. He causes a distraction where Zane would roll up Styles and get a two off of it. Styles then fought off Zane and set up for the phenomenal forearm, but instead went after Sokoa. Zane then tried to help Solo Sokoa, but Styles fought him off again and sent him back into the ring. The ref went to check on Sammy when Sokoa would hit Styles with a Samoan spike. I love that Solo Sokoa is just Umaga. I really like it, to be honest. Zane then followed up with a blue thunderbomb and picked up the victory. Like, oh, when's the last time he won with a blue thunderbomb? He used to win all the time with it in NXT. Not much on the main roster, so cool little callback there. Winning with a blue thunderbomb. What did you think of the match? I thought it was a good match. I like how Solo Sokoa is using some of the moves that Umaga did in the past. Yeah, he uses the same splash in the corner, the same mannerisms, the whole, ah, and the Simone spike. I like it a lot. So in the back, we get a pissed off Adam Pierce. He screamed at Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa to leave, and Zayn just seemed amused, I guess you could say. This is when they announced the best of 2022 show next week, and they would also announce a second title match for the January 2nd show. Austin Theory will be defending the United States Championship against Seth Rollins. We go into the final hour of the show, and out comes Des Moines' own Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins has a new t-shirt. He didn't wear it, but they showed it. It said Iowa's own. It's got Seth Rollins like a cornfield. And then on the back, it says, sing my song. So Seth comes out, and the crowd's chanting, welcome home. Rollins noted that the bloodline were attacking everybody but him. And he had a message for Usi boys to deliver to the tribal chief. Monday's don't belong to Roman Reigns. They belong to Seth freaking Rollins. This is when Austin Theory would then come out and the crowd would boo and boo erroneously. Theory dropped the, the champ is here line, thinking he John Cena, and told Rollins that this was just the beginning of the Theory era. Theory said that Rollins was going to pass the torch to him, even if he didn't like it. Theory would take it from him Right, from his cold, legendary hands. Rollins then warned him to back off or he'd end him like he ended Bobby Lashley. Theory said that Rollins was lucky that Lashley took out his frustrations on officials and not Rollins himself. And that was typical because Rollins, his whole career was about being lucky. Rollins said that he knew that Theory has grown up, but despite being the U.S. champion, it eats at him that he'll never be Seth Rollins. Theory asked how many times Rollins was given the ball and fumbled it, just like his own Chicago Bears. Theory said that uh, Rollins, or told Rollins, 
that he was just the third most successful member of the Shield. Crowd kind of buzzed for the line, but they kind of popped for it, but didn't. Rollins then told Theory that he just reached the mountaintop. He was the mountaintop. Rollins said that the man makes the belt. If you want to find out what kind of man I actually am, you want to find out what kind of man you actually are, let's not wait. Let's do this match right here, right now. Well, Theory kind of slowly goes to take his jacket off, and then Seth goes, wait, 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 stop. We can't do this. Look who's at ringside. We got company. So the Usos are at ringside. They jump the barricade. They jump up on the apron. So it looks like it's going to be Theory and Seth against the Usos. Theory would put his jacket back on, bail out of the ring and go, Bye, Seth. You can deal with them all you want by yourself. So the Usos jump in the ring. Seth tries to fight them off. No avail. Out with income, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens would come out and even up the odds, send the Usos packing, and out yet again would come Adam Pierce, a bunch of producers like Kenny Dykstra and Shane Helms, a bunch of officials and everything. And Adam Pierce is yelling at the Usos, you need to leave. You need to leave now. Get out of here. And Kevin Owens grabbed the mic and goes, hey, wait. How about me and Iowa's own Seth Rollins against the Usos? What do you say? And Seth's like, sure. And the Usos are like, yeah, yeah. So Adam Pierce is like, fine. It's official. We're doing it. Now back to the, the Seth and Theory stuff. Seth's promo was awesome. When he was like, it's the man that makes the belt, not the belt that makes the man. If you want to know what kind of man you are, face me. I thought Seth's delivery there was freaking great. Yeah, Seth really did good on the promo. One thing I didn't like about Theory's promo, though, when he said, like, fumble like the Chicago Bears, I thought it would have been funnier if he said fumble like the New England Patriots, because if you didn't watch that Patriots game <laughs> oh, Lord. last Sunday, well, that would have been hilarious. The joke is that the Chicago Bears are Seth Rollins' favorite team. So that's, that's where the joke hits. And if you don't know that, then the joke doesn't really hit that well for, you know, you just got to know. Seth loves the Bears because Iowa don't got a football team. So the next best thing is Chicago. So in the back, Becky Lynch cut a promo about her upcoming match with Bailey. Lynch wanted the best version of Bailey, and that was Bailey on her own. Lynch and Bailey both rose up together and changed this game. When Lynch rose to the top, she did things on her own. Lynch knew that she had to take out those who were a threat, but was disappointed that when Bailey took her out, she had to do it with help. Lynch asked Bailey if tonight would be one on one or one on three. She said, Win or lose, I'll die on my own. I'll die by the sword. And Bailey can't say the same. I thought this was all right. Like, this was solid. It made sense. And it went right into. The next match we had, Bailey versus Becky. A decent little hype up for, yeah. for the match. I liked it. This match went 14 and a half minutes. Bailey versus Becky Lynch. Bailey took control early and they went to break like two minutes in. Not much happened before the break. Uh, after the break, Lynch was in control until Bailey hit a Bailey to belly and got a two off of it. Lynch blocked a rose plant attempt and hit a modified angle slam, followed with a diamond dust for a two. A lot of pulling out some old school moves here. Bailey tried a cover with her feet on the ropes at one point, but the referee did catch her. Lynch then went for the manhandle slam, but Dakota Kai and Neo Sky pulled Bailey out of the ring right before she can go for the pin. Lynch threatened to attack them, 
with a TV monitor, and the referee tossed them from ringside and said, you're out of here. Kai was complaining a bunch, and she jumped up on the apron, so Lynch decked her. The ref then got Kai out of the ring. Bailey then hit Lynch from behind with the monitor, and Bailey followed up the rose plant and picked up the victory. So Bailey picks up the win with a cheating move, used a weapon, a monitor. Eh. I, I thought this match was well worked, but it was just kind of there. And it didn't really do anything for me, to be honest. It honestly just felt like a normal match on a, on a wrestling episode. Yeah. I'm almost kind of over, not over damage control, but I'm kind of over the whole, oh, it's always three on one with them. It's always like, we got that with the Usos tonight. We didn't need more of the kind of same with somebody else. But the crowd did like Becky. They chanted for her some, but they were still very quiet in doing so. So in the back, Kevin Owens approached Seth Rollins. He's asking him if he's ready. They agreed that they were a great team in the past together, and Rollins wondered why they stopped teaming together. Owens reminded him that you tried to steal my spot at WrestleMania with Steve Austin. That's why we're not friends anymore. Rollins wasn't sure if that was true, while Owens was like, yeah, it's 98% true. Rollins figured that the other 2% chance was Owens being wrong, but Owens was just trying to be nice, and he was like, no, I'm 100% sure you tried to steal my spot at WrestleMania. Owens has said that that was all moot because tonight they have a common goal, take out the Usos. Rollins was happy with that and laughed. After Rollins left, Owens said, still got that laugh, huh? I thought Kevin Owens was great here. Kevin Owens, when he's just going off trying to be funny and like over the top, he's amazing. Then we get a 10, 11-minute match. It's like right between 10.45-ish. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins against the tag team champions, Jimmy and Jay Uso. Now it's like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins win. I get why Kevin Owens had to win here, but now you can do the whole thing of should they challenge the Usos for the tag titles? Maybe? No? Are we getting that Kevin Owens Roman match at Rumble? I don't know. But as far as the matches go, the Usos had the early advantage and then went to break about two and a half minutes in. After the break, Rollins had a fiery comeback and took out both Usos with a flying crossbody. Owens tagged didn't hit Jimmy with a frog splash for a two. Jay took out Rollins with a super kick on the outside with while Jimmy was in the ring. He got his knees up on a swanton from Kevin Owens. Solo Sokoa would then appear at ringside, and then he would get attacked by Gallows and Anderson. Jay hit them with a dive, then Rollins hit Jay and Solo with a dive, Barely, because he overshot them with his flip dive. Rollins then avoided a charge by Solo Sokoa, who ran into the ring post. Rollins then took out Jay on the outside with a stomp. Then it seemed like it was one-on-one Owens-Jimmy. Owens and Jimmy battled on the top rope until Jimmy... uh, They finally fell off and Jimmy hit a super kick for a near fall. Owens then blocked a super kick attempt and hit one of his own, followed by a pop-up powerbomb to pick up the victory. So there we go. Kevin Owens pins Jimmy Uso. Owens is then celebrating when Sammy slips into the ring behind him. Kevin turns around and sees him there. They start, you know, staring each other down until Zane just like, I'm done. I'm out. He leaves with the bloodline. We're good to go. They'll fight on January 30th when it's Kevin Owens and John Cena 
against Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. But, I mean, overall, I thought it was a good episode of Raw. Yeah, I like the finish to Raw. And the Alexander Anderson, like, attacking the Usos, I mean, it's sort of telling us that we're probably going to get that much soon. Well, yeah, I mean, they need new challengers. Maybe those can be the opponents for the Usos at Royal Rumble, maybe? If not sooner. I mean, they've already got... I mean, if you really want to load up that first show in January, three title matches, you could do it. Add this match, the Good Brothers versus the Usos for the tag titles. You got three title matches. You can do, like, one each hour. Just a thought. I wouldn't mind that. But as far as everything goes, you know what we thought? Now it's time to hear what you guys thought of tonight's show. Remember, you can do so. You can text in and let me know what you thought of the show. Again, text in to text. Whoop. Text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. But before we get into all of that, we got to check the polls. Or as the polls do go, let's refresh everything just so we got accuracy. As far as the Twitch poll does go, 92% like tonight's Raw with 8% thinking it was just all right. As far as the Twitter poll does go, 85.7% liked the show, 11.9% thought it was just all right, and 2.4% didn't like Raw. And finally, the YouTube poll. 74% liked the show, 18% thought it was just all right, and 7% didn't like the show. Are some of the comments here? This one says, "Best show by far." Wasn't expecting the return of Bronson Reed. What a return! Another comment here says, "I love the Bronson Reed return and him helping the Miz." Can't wait for Ciampa to return and maybe have a stable. Eh, that'd be an interesting one. I will actually, honestly, I forgot about Miz and Ciampa. Uh, this person says, "I enjoyed the show tonight." This person says, "I thought it was a seven point five out of 10. And as far as the text messages do go, um, the person says, with Bobby Lashley fired, oh, nope, this comment's already wrong. Because they said, I'll read it anyways, because I think there's more to it. With Bobby Lashley fired, do you think that they could do a beatdown angle where Bobby just thrashes Pierce? No, Bobby Lashley's not fired. Adam Pierce came back the next day and was like, yeah, I spoke wrong in the heat of the moment. Bobby Lashley is not fired. So if you guys missed that last Tuesday, you missed something. Bobby Lashley's not fired. Adam Pierce already said that. He even said it tonight. So, yeah. Uh, this person says, WWE decides to move Money in the Bank to WrestleMania. Who are some people you would like to see in both Money in the Bank matches? Well, that's a question for another time. A, because that's a question you can ask without having to do the whole... Why, why, why does it got to be at Mania to do predictions? And B... Yeah, it's too early. Like we don't even know who's gonna win the rumble. So it's like if you if you're saying money in the bank at Mania, then we gotta know who's not gonna be in the match first off. But I think they keep the regular money in the bank pay per view a thing. I like money in the bank being its own pay per view. I mean, I really liked money in the bank being Mania. So it's Mania to Mania, kind of the year long thing. But now that you have the men's and the women's, I mean. I guess you could do, like, the men's on night one and the women's on night two, but, eh, keep it its own pay-per-view. Do better 
financially as his own pay-per-view. Yeah, I think the money in the big pay-per-view would be better than just a payback. First <clears throat> says, do you think Alexa will beat Bianca? If it is not Alexa, who will beat Bianca for the title? Also, does Seth also win the U.S. title back? I don't think Seth wins the U.S. title back. I honestly think something's going to happen to cost Seth the title, maybe. I, I don't think Seth wins. I'm just going to say right there. I don't think Seth wins. As far as Alexa goes, I was thinking tonight, maybe we do put that title back on Alexa Bliss. What do you think? I wouldn't mind it. I mean, when she was, like, Raw Women's Champion in the past, it was she did great with the belt. Yeah. And Bianca does have to lose eventually. So Right. Cause I mean, what better way to do it of Bianca loses and she's chasing into Mania, trying to get the belt back. And then maybe she can win it again at Mania or something. Or maybe she can right. lose to Alexa and win the rumble. I mean, I don't even know. Who is going to win the Rumble for the women's side? Yeah, there, there's a lot that can happen there. Uh, another text message asking if I think Alexa's going to win. And then this one says, do you think Miz and Bronson could be the next Gable and Otis? No. Two different things. I don't think they're going to be any... No. I don't think Triple H would have two very... Like, it just... it's It wouldn't work. Because Gable and Otis' whole thing is... Gable has trained Otis to be more serious and a better amateur wrestler. Why would Miz be training Bronson Reed to be an amateur wrestler? It just wouldn't work. I get where you're coming from. Small guy with the big fat guy. Small guy with the big fat guy. It No, it just, no. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work at all. Two completely different dynamics. Bronson Reed is already like a serious wrestler. Oh, fuck. Bronson Reed should be intercontinental. Bronson Reed should be fighting Gunther for the IC title on SmackDown. I'm just going to say that right now. That match would, as the kids say, hump. But with that, that's everything that went down tonight on Monday Night Raw, and that's all we really got to say about it. But with that, I want to say thank you if you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited, or if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. With that, guys, have a great rest of your Monday night. Have a great rest of your week. We'll be back Wednesday for AEW Dynamite. I got to call my son back because if you heard, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. My phone went off during this. He tried calling me. I don't know why. With that, guys, have a great rest of your night, and I'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.